This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Oh, I, I beg to differ, sir. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. It's Sean. It's the Sean Show. I'm Sean. Hi. Call me up at the Sean Show. It's Friday. <laughs> it's Friday, man. We made it to Friday. I'm in a good damn mood. Why? Well, you know, I, I, I'm i not quite as negative as I used to be before my medical experience. I, I'm much more positive. So I don't, it's like I don't hate Mondays as much as I used to. Plus, I, I do my job in a recliner. I do my job in a recliner with a binky over my knees. You know, I got a nice soft blanket over my knees. So my job isn't exactly difficult, so I don't despise Mondays. But I, I still, like, a little song is in my heart when Friday rolls around. Because it means i got two days that I can sleep in past, you know, uh, 5.30 a.m. And it's going to be a beautiful weekend weather-wise. So this weekend is going to be uh, a good weekend for uh, maybe uh, maybe disconnect from uh, all the awfulness of the world for a couple of days, right? Yes. If you're an outdoorsy type of person, get out there, get outside and enjoy the sunshine. Uh, I, I, Chris, I just want I just want some crawl dads. That's my big my plan for this weekend because the the family unit's returning. Uh, it's just been my wife and I and the cats all week, and the family unit is returning from uh, a, a trip uh, uh, today, a little later on this evening. So we'll have a full house, baby. I want to suck some heads. There, I said it. I want to suck some heads this weekend. All right. And I don't care if the sodium content lands me back in the hospital. I want to suck some heads this weekend. I want some damn crawdads. Uh, 210-599-5555. Beyond that, though, we do have some uh, things to talk about, uh, some of it not very pleasant stuff. Before we get to that, though, let's let's talk about what we just heard. That was your president, your president and mine, who was uh, at some St. Paddy's Day celebration somewhere yesterday and he's got a he's got a, a a priest there uh an irish priest i'm assuming and he, he starts off by uh, saying you know he said something he said uh, uh forgive me father from from about the sin or something like that and then he says i may be irish but i'm not stupid now you know in the great grand and trey had said this in the great grand scheme of things you know, as we are embarking uh, on World War Freaking Three or whatever the hell it is, you know, prices, uh, the cost of living is through the roof. Uh, you know, everybody's suffering from inflation. Uh, the border is is still a freaking mess, and a lot of unhappy crap going down in the world. Uh, you know, Biden uh, uh, putting a line out like that is no not a big deal. It's not going to keep me up at freaking night. You know, thinking about it. Uh, a lot of folks were uh, offended by it. The the Irish uh, folks were uh, offended by it. But it's not a big deal. But it, it is true that had anybody else with an R at the end of their name said such a line, oh, the outrage, oh, my God, oh, Madon. If Ted Cruz had said that, if John freaking Cornyn had said that, hell, if you go back in the day, if Donald freaking Trump had said that, uh, you know, it would have been, there would have been outrage. If Trump had said something like that, they probably would have impeached him. The ink would still be wet on the impeachment papers. But here's the dealio. It's like Jesse Smollett walking his ass out of jail, uh, pending his appeal, you know. And this is a true damn thing. And once you understand this uh, about the world in which we live right now, then a lot of things make sense. If you're a Democrat, and I will be specific, party specific. If you're a freaking Democrat, you are never wrong and you are never guilty. You are never wrong and you are never guilty. 
Uh, and, and what we find, and, and this is a theme of this show because it's a true damn thing, is that the, the Democrats and the folks on the left in this country tend to be guilty of the stuff that they accuse other people of being. So if you have a freaking liberal puke, a freaking Democrat, pointing their finger at somebody else going, racist, probably the actual racist in that scenario is the freaking Democrat. Um, Joe Biden is a racist. Let me repeat that. Joe Biden is a racist. He's been a racist for a long time. He was extraordinarily close to Robert Byrd who was a freaking grand dragon, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, I, I, I've spent way more time in Delaware than I ever anticipated uh, in, in my life. My daughter was actually born in Delaware. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Delaware. It's an awful little state, except for the coastline, the state of Delaware. Hey, they'd never made a state before. It was the first state. They were bound to screw it up. And in my time in Delaware, it was, you know, Biden, racist. Oh, he was make, he'd make racist comments all the time. Nobody ever called him out on it. Remember, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. You know, a lot of people uh, would have accused me and other folks like me that uh, we must be racist because we voted for Trump, right? Voted for Trump twice. And yet uh, there, there's absolutely no freaking evidence that Trump is a racist or a white supremacist in any way, shape, or form. The only way they, they could ever make Trump into a racist is they had to lie about his quotes from Charlottesville. Joe Biden is an actual freaking racist. If you, Mr. Highfalutin, sanctimonious liberal, voted for Joe Biden, you voted for a racist. How does that make you feel? But, uh, again, he's a Democrat, so it doesn't matter. Uh, he, he can do no wrong. He's never wrong. He's always right. He's never guilty. Here's a man who admitted, you know, we're all talking about Hunter's laptop now because the New York Times has come out and said, oh, no, I guess it was real. We said it was the Ruskies, but it was real. He actually had a dirty little laptop. Uh, you know, after it's, it really doesn't have any impact to, to claim that. Uh, they covered it up when it meant, uh, possibly meant a presidential election, which they were also cheating. Uh, now there's, it doesn't really matter. So, oh, yeah, I guess we were wrong about the laptop. Oh, sorry. Our bad. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, now we're, we're uh, dealing with a war in Ukraine, and uh, we have Joe Biden on video uh, admitting to influence peddling, admitting to threatening the Ukrainian government with withhold, withholding money and stuff from the U.S. if they didn't drop the investigation into his own son. I mean, he admitted to being a corrupt scumbag, and the Democrats, they don't care. Don't care. But again, that's something they were accusing Trump of for four years, right? That he was uh, using uh, his position as president to enrich uh, Donald Trump Jr. and his kids and Ivanka and all that. And it was a bunch of crap. Uh, something that they, their side of things, actually was guilty of. I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. Well, there you go. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Friday, so whatever the hell you want to talk about, I don't care. We're playing it fast and loose right now because I just want to get through this gig and get to sucking some heads, man. Here's Jerry on line one. Jerry, how you doing? What's that? Oh, Mark. Mark, how you doing? Doing good, Sean. Welcome back. You're sounding sounding healthy, sir. So nice to, oh, nice thank to you. hear you. I'm, I'm getting to the end of this journey, so looking forward to I got one more procedure, then it's all over. So how you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Just wanted to confirm, you are so right on this incompetence of the Biden administration. I, I am just, you know, if World War III starts, it's going to be because of the fault of the Biden administration. Absolutely. I mean, insulting China, insulting Russia publicly. Uh, I mean, saying all this stuff publicly. I, 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 I'm just flabbergasted. I mean, any 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 other president, uh, even Obama. I mean, I don't think Obama is this incompetent. But well, you the, know, I, you, you're right though. Obama has 
the, the difference between Biden, between Biden and Obama, apart from dementia, is that Obama actually was quite savvy right. in his own perception and the impact the things that he said had. It's just that the impact that he wanted very often was something that guys like you and me would have disagreed with. Right. But oh, Biden's not, Obama's not a fool. Okay, Biden is, right. uh, is, is a fool. He really is. He really is. I mean, and I, you are so right, and you're right on with your commentary because you've had experience with Biden living on the East Coast like you did. And, I mean, I, but I've been following this guy since Clarence Thomas days, and he's all, right. he is a fool. He is stupid. Oh, yeah. He is ignorant. And he is not competent. He's not competent. If he was 100% healthy, he's not competent right. to be the president of the United States. You don't, you, don't, uh, you don't treat this office like, you know, like anything you say, like you're talking to some, you know, like you're talking to a buddy in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just well, unbelievable. It, anyway, thanks been, a lot for the work. Oh, thanks for letting me on. Thank you so much, Mark, and I appreciate the love, man. Thank you. You know, Biden is – how do I put this? I, I was saying of, of Kamala the other day, and I, I heard Geraldo in the Five last night trying to defend her and say, well, but she was attorney general, blah, blah, blah. Now, the thing about Kamala Harris is that I, she's been saying – I suspect she's been saying vacuous, stupid crap for the length of her career. But in a place like California, being a black woman, they probably just acted like it wasn't happening. And told her how freaking great she was. And now that she's in the big leagues, uh, you know, on a national scale, on a global scale, everybody's sort of realizing, wow, she's not that smart. I think she was allowed to get away with it for a long time in California because nobody wanted to be called a racist or a misogynist. And now everybody's realizing just how damn stupid she is. Biden's the same way. Biden's been covering up his own ignorance and his own lack of skill or depth for decades, a by by this 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 act that he puts on about being a tough guy from Scranton, scrappy from Scranton. He left Scranton when he was like twelve or thirteen, but he's a tough guy, right? He, 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 and he's got to put on that little act, and uh, and then Biden is exceptional at what I call politician speak, political speak, where he says a lot of crap without really saying anything at all. And if you try to call him out on it, then it's, hey, look, man, hey, man, you know, drop and give me 20. Hey, you want to go out back, man? And the guy really, he's been in politics, in public life, his entire adult life. What has he accomplished in all that time? Well, that's what happens when you don't call out stupid when you first see it, because then you get stupid and confident. Well, but precisely. You let stupid people get away with being stupid, and they realize they can get away with being stupid, <laughs> and the stupid just continues to flow, and then it's uh, it's rap. What is Charles McCow? I got to take a break. Charles Bukowski is one of my favorite poets. Uh, had a great uh, 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 quote where he says, "The problem with the world is that the stupid people are filled with confidence, and the intelligent people aren't." And there's nothing worse than a, a stupid person who, in a sense, doesn't realize how stupid they are. Biden and Kamala are both that. Uh, I'm, I'm running late. i got to take a break. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah, we're back. We're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. It's Friday, so whatever's on your brain, you just call us up and you can run your mouth about it. Meanwhile, I'll be running my mouth about stuff. That's how we, uh, that's how we fly. That's how we roll on, on Fridays. 210-599-5555. And, uh, boy, uh, look, uh, just a little bit about U- Ukraine. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I haven't really talked about this. I, I didn't actually see this speech until yesterday uh, where Putin's talking about scum and traitors. Ooh. Uh, and uh, he, he's uh, talking about sounding Hitlerian or, or uh, Stalin-esque, uh, uh, talking about, you know, folks who 
live in Russia but are influenced by the West. Uh, Putin's going to be rooting those folks out, man. Uh, he, he said, uh, you know, we need to cleanse our society. And he called him, uh, and he said, I, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, good, Res- good Russians will appreciate this, that we're going to root out, we're going to cleanse our society of the traitors and the scum who are like a fly that uh, accidentally flies into your mouth and you spit it out. And you know what? To a certain extent, I'm glad at least the dude's being honest. There's the real face of Vladimir Putin. There's the KGB coming forward. Because, you know, with this whole thing, my concern is that this truly is more than being concerned about Ukraine joining NATO. This this truly is more about, uh, you know, uh, uh, sort of the surface-level explanations for what, what this whole invasion is about. And I've been saying for a while uh, that you, you have to look at the way he is waging this war. Now, I know there's a whole faction now. I don't believe the news, and I don't believe the video that's coming out. I don't believe that. that and I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that uh, things are, are pretty freaking awful in, in Ukraine, and it's because the Russians are, are killing lots of people. And they're bombing. Uh, it's hard to get away from the images of bombed-out apartment complexes. You have this theater where they had kids in there. And I got children and on, uh, written in Russian on the front lawn and the back lawn to let folks in the airplanes know that there's kids here and they bomb the crap out of it anyway. I think it, it, maybe I'm just naive, but I think some really, really bloody and awful crap is going on in Ukraine. And if there's any doubts in my mind prior uh, to hearing Putin start talking about traitors and scum, they were washed away with that speech. Uh, I believe this is more than just a NATO concern for Vladimir Putin. I think in his mind, this is his moment in history. And as I've been saying, I think it's deeply personal for him. And he's a murderous SOB. And we're hearing more and more. Now, I, I know some folks are saying that, uh, they're, they're ginning up concern about Ukraine to keep people here in this country focused on Ukraine rather than a crappy economy, uh, the border, and all the other stuff that's uh, 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 that is besetting our country as a result of this administration's policies because they're concerned about the midterms. Uh, certainly that's going on with the media, and it's going on to a certain extent with our own government, but I, I think the government and this administration are frankly terrified of Vladimir Putin. And Putin knows it. And my concern with a guy like Putin is he very obviously, I don't think he's a psychopath. I think he is a sociopath who has absolutely no concern for the lives of other people. And I believe that if push comes to shove, and you're hearing this from our own Defense Department now, our own intelligence people, you're hearing this from the governments of other countries, that the big concern really is that the guy decides to flip off the earth and, and, and people and just starts lighting up nukes. And I think that's a valid fear because that fits in with the guy giving the scum and traitor speech. That fits with the guy who is bombing the snot out of civilian uh, neighborhoods and hospitals. Because that tells me, that, that displays for me the psychology of somebody who wants to make his mark on history, even if, to a certain extent, he could be responsible for the end of history. And that makes him a very dangerous dude. He's a villain. Uh, 2105- Happy Friday. 210-599-5555. Let's take a break. Uh, Jerry, or no, I'm sorry, Will, hang on. We'll go to you as soon as we get back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. And we're back. New Stock 550 KTSA. We have Dr. Charles and John here. Chris and I are watching. We have Fox News on. And uh, uh, Putin's uh, having a big-ass rally in Russia at some massive stadium. 
And that's a soccer stadium. That's a soccer stadium? Yeah, the size of it's a huge. double level. Yeah, it's huge, and every seat is filled. Every single person has a flag, and every single person has a little Russian flag on their, you know, painted on their cheeks, and big stupid smiles on their faces, and Putin is just talking with a microphone in the middle of it all. And it, it just has, it's got a real nuremberg feel to it, doesn't it? And Putin, the thing about him, man, is you look into those, he's, he's, he's got reptilian eyes. Like, it, it almost looks like he blinks sideways. You know, you look in his eyes, and, man, there just ain't nothing looking back at you. It's creepy. Uh, here's Charles on line two. Charles, how you doing? Good morning, Mr. Sean. How you doing this morning? I'm glad uh, you're it's Friday, today. man. I'm looking forward to the weekend, brother. Yes, sir. Well, I, I just got to chime in. Trust me, I'm not a fan of Vladimir Putin. I'm not. Uh, but I want to tell you something. He's, he's, you're, you're right. He's somebody you don't mess with. But it's somebody that we need, and I've said it in the past. I compare him to a possum uh, on, a, on a farm or a deer lease. I don't know if you've ever been hunting or not, but if, no. if there's one animal that that a, a, a farmer or somebody that rents you out a deer lease will tell you, you can kill anything you want to on this on this on this lease. Just don't kill a possum. And the reason they say that is because it's an ugly animal and hisses at you and got claws and what if not. But the possum eats snakes, okay, and it eats snakes and it eats rats, okay. I could contribute. Uh, I attribute uh, Vladimir Putin to to that. We need him. He got rid of he got rid of ISIS and Al Qaeda. Now look what's going on in Afghanistan. You need a person like that. Have him in the. He's like the Luca Brasi. You know he's doing wrong, but you need him. And when you need him, you need to call him up. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. And I think the only thing that he got so upset about is that, that you know, just like here in the States where they were, uh, you know, bashing President Trump, they were bashing him, too. You know, they kept saying this, 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 and this, and he just got tired of it, and he just said, okay, you guys think I'm doing this, this, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And that's what he's doing. And nobody could tell him anything. So you're saying that because on. we kept saying that, well, he's going to go into Ukraine, he at one point I, I said, think, "Fine, I'm going to go I, do I, it." Yeah, I, I think, I think he just got tired of everybody painting him, and he is that, and he probably had a plan in, down deep in his soul, but he wasn't going to act on it. I guess it'd be just like anybody else, like was that was going to go to the Capitol on the sixth, say, you know, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do that, and then you know just to talk about it, but never do it. Well, he did it, and that's what I I think he is. But I also think that Zelensky knows that he's not going to win. You know, and, and the easiest thing that he could do is just say, "Okay, look, I'm out of here, or here, here's your here's your country." And all, all these people that he can he can uh, he can you know, that don't have to die for this war. And so that's why that's my opinion. But it's kind of ignorant, I guess. But that's just the way I think. Right. I mean, I, I got to be honest. With you, I don't really agree. Um, I think we're overthinking this a lot, and I think it's more what it appears to be than we than we want to accept. And one of the reasons I think that's true, because you you may be right. I'm not, I'm not saying that you you're you're wrong. I I don't really know. There's there's a lot about the situation that a lot of us really don't know, uh, and and we have limited resources, despite having more resources than any other time in history, uh, as far as options on how you get information. Uh, very often that information is tainted, and it's hard to kind of discern what's truth from what's fiction or propaganda, and I'll grant you that. So you may be right. I don't know. My, my sense is we, we tend to overthink things these days because we're used to, in a sense, social media thought where there's a lot of conspiracy stuff involved or there's a lot of doublethink, and sometimes things are just what they appear to be. I believe he's doing this now because he wasn't comfortable doing it while Trump was in office because Trump was an unknown variable. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, and so let me say one thing before we go forward. Sure. And let me ask you a question. If Before December, Vladimir Putin would have came out and said, you know, Americans, your government's pulling the wool over your eyes. There's chemical weapons that you guys are producing in Ukraine. What do you think the news media would have said? Liar, liar, liar. He's well, an probably. 
Oh, yeah. yeah but, the, but the news media in this country are, they change with the wind. They, 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 they change their story depending on what they feel works best for their side of things. So that's what I mean where you really have to be your own journalist and filter stuff out through multiple surf, uh, sources to kind of get to the, to the truth, the nuggets of truth as far as what's really going on in the world. Um, because at that point they were putting out the narrative that somehow Russia was helping Trump and, uh, and had been helping Trump, whereas it never made any sense to me. Uh, Trump was the last guy that Russia wanted in the Oval Office. They would have been much happier with somebody like Hillary Clinton. Uh, and, and perhaps had Hillary won in that election, we we would have been dealing with Ukraine a long time ago. Uh, uh, so I and I got to run. I'm just out of time, but uh, keep listening because I, I just want to pick up on a few things that you had said. Because what what uh, what John what Charles was was that that was John was that Charles? Uh, that was Charles. Uh, what Charles was saying is a thought that a lot of people have right now, as far as how they're interpreting what they're seeing. And I'm just out of time for this break. So when we come back, we'll talk to John, and then I'll give my thoughts. I'll kind of elaborate on what I'm saying here. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. <laughs> This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. We're going to go to John here in a second. Just going to take you behind the veil here, take you behind the curtain real quick. You know, Chris and I are grown men. I'm in my 50s now. He's in his 40s. And yet, you don't understand, during the commercial breaks, we just make weird noises at each other. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on. I was hearing things through. through no, we did. Like, I'm sitting there going, <laughs> then Chris burps really loud and starts saying the alphabet in burps. Hmm. And I'm like, hang, 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 hang. <laughs> and we're grown men. We're <laughs> adults. There's the one. Do that one more time, Chris. <laughs> now, that, that's funny. That's what <laughs> I was hearing through the wall. Isn't that funny? I'm like, it's what's going on noise. over there? We're grown men just making stupid noises. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite. <laughs> one more time, Chris. <laughs> John, you're on line one on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> How's that for some stupid noises? <laughs> what are you thinking, man? <laughs> I had to agree with an earlier caller. You sound really strong, and uh, don't plan on leaving San Antonio. You've endeared Never. a lot of people with your with your thank courage you. going through all this. But oh, thank you. Uh, I, I love San Antonio. I love it. I ain't never leaving. Yeah, you got a big fan club now, bud. Uh, on uh, on this Ukraine thing, it may help everybody to think of Ukraine as a battle in a war because it's the shooting battle. The conventional arms, but we've been under a bioweapon attack, a psyops attack, a collapse of our energy system for a long time now, and that's a world war. That's all history now. It's not current events to be talked about. It's you can connect the dots on that. And another thing, another thing on Brandon's mental decline, he's out there as the fall guy. Yeah. The same, they did the same thing with Robert Miller when they trotted him out for the Miller report, Mueller report. Uh, oh, right. Didn't even know. It's, it, it's abuse of those people. They're the fall guys, and it's a very small cabal in the back. So, uh, I agree. It's hard, hard to connect the dots, but run with that. And, I will. Uh, I, I'll get a little deeper into this when I get back in the break, man, but I appreciate the call, John. Thanks for the love. I, you know, uh, Biden is yeah. – the thing about Biden, and I, I first off, I, I think there is a lot of stuff you can connect the dots on between this administration and Ukraine. I think there's a lot of stuff you can connect the dots on as far as the desire, which I, I think was Obama's big plan to essentially remake this country, to tear down the old country and rebuild it uh, in, in some new way that fits in line with this great reset and the global community and basically to go socialist or communist or what have you, uh, centralized government that kind of runs everything. There's certainly elements in this country that want to do that. Not to mention Russia has wanted to cause the fall of America for a long time. Was it, I can't remember if it was uh, 
it wasn't Brezhnev. It was Khrushchev, perhaps, who who said, you know, we're 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 going to take down America, but it's going to we're going to do it over a period of decades, and we'll 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 take America down from within. But with the current crowd, I also think there's frankly just a lot of idiocy and there's a lot of st- stupidity, and th- so much of this feels like a stooge dance. I. I I, I think that, yeah, I think they cheated to get Biden in because he was all they really had. Uh, there was nobody else on that stage that was going to make it even cheating. And I think they felt, and I'm going to say this, I think they felt Biden was the best guy to go with in the cheat because he's a white male. And, uh, you know, maybe people will support him that ordinarily wouldn't. I don't know. But I think they really underestimated how screwed up he is and how deeply in decline he truly is. Come on, man. Because he is somebody they're just shoving out there, but he's getting to the point where he's not even going to be capable of that. And the only thing they have, all they have left is freaking Kamala Harris, who is completely inept. And I think they stumbled their way into a situation where, what are we going to do? This is We got Biden and Kamala. If Biden, which I think would be expected, says, I'm not going to run next time, then who who do they have on that side to actually put up? I don't know. Uh, let's take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not all it, t- that's not all it takes. Sean Reimer, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Oh, God. Make it stop. Make it stop. News Talk 550 KTSA. FM 1071. It's the Sean Show. I'm Sean. I'm your old, your old weird Uncle Sean. Broadcasting live from my living room. Sitting my lazy ass in my recliner. While the cats frolic about the carpeting. Jar Jar. Jarvis is the cat's name. Jarvis. Um, that was Nanners Pelosi uh, uh, reciting a, a poem that she claims was texted to her by Bono. Uh, by the group, you know, Bono U2. Uh, where, oh, I'm sorry, I was just picking a fly out of my beard. Uh, where he's, he basically, it's not a fly, I'm just kidding. It's a piece of schmutz, I don't know what it is. I got schmutz in my beard. Um, and uh, uh, apparently Bono sent her this poem uh, for St. Patty's Day, where Zelensky, the last line I think is, Zelensky has replaced St. Patrick. Uh, I, you know, I, it, was, it was really hard to listen to. I, I forced, being a talk show host uh, as a professional, I took one for the team. And I, uh, I I made myself watch the entire video of Pelosi reciting what was really a poorly written poem made even worse by Nancy Pelosi reading it aloud in between vodka burps. You know, Nancy, you can smell vodka. I'm a lifelong alcoholic. I'm telling you, people say you can't smell it, but you can. You can smell it, Nancy. You can smell it. <laughs> And uh, you know, I, it was just really awful. And and I, I, I'm actually a lifelong fan of you too. I, the last couple of records I really haven't been into, but I all my most of my adult life, starting around the age of 18, I just I you two is my favorite band. Uh, and I, I honestly, as a poet, since I have an opening now to riff on poetry, and you can find my poetry uh, on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's uh, the big uh, I got a big fat book of poems out there called. Rearview Mirror Poems. It's my masterpiece. It makes for great bathroom reading. And uh, it's available for you. It's about 800 pages long. And uh, and one of my first influences as a writer, honestly, weren't, I really wasn't reading a lot of other poets, or poets I was reading, because I started writing poetry when I was nine. And I started writing serious poetry when I was about 16 or 17. And one of my biggest influences was Bono, because Bono, if you look at the lyrics of some of those songs, old songs, Bono, baby, could turn a line. And by turn a line, I mean, to me, a good poem or a a, a talented 
poet is someone who can pack a lot of imagery and a lot of depth and a lot of meaning into just a handful of words. I mean, I, I, that's a thing. Right now in this, I, I don't know what the hell they call it, postmodern, uh, the, the, the slam poetry crap, people write these 12-page poems that are just rambling crap and there's no real artistry to it. Uh, it but the, the trick, if you can really say something in just a few words, that to me is the trick of it. That That's the difference between uh, the men and the women, the men and the boys when it comes to poetry. You know, just a handful of words. And Bono was that guy. Uh, and that's what I mean when I say he could really turn a line. Whatever Pelosi read yesterday wasn't it, man. That's that's. I think old Bono Vox was drinking when he when he wrote that piece of crap because that was an awful. I don't know what the hell that was, man. It was painful. Chris, your first concert was you two, huh? What yes, year sir. was that? What, wow, what, what concert? What uh, what tour was that? The Pop Mart tour in '97. Oh, oh wow, that's when I saw that tour. That was uh, that was that was a great show. The Pop Mart when they put out Pop was a great record. Yeah, they had a huge lemon disco ball. That yes, they emerged from. Yes. I, I saw that one. I because I, I saw you too. Let's see. I saw them on the Octung Baby tour. The Zoot it was Zoot TV. And then I saw them on the Pop Mart tour. And I believe I saw them a third time on the uh, All That You Can't Leave Behind tour. I think that I think I saw. No, maybe it was Pop Mart. Great band and great and perform and great live man. Just excellent live. But uh, that you know first concerts are kind of now I'm kind of embarrassed to tell what my first concert was. That was your first, that's a badass first concert. In fact, it's Friday to get away from all the war and pestilence. We had to just what was your first concert? 2105995555. Cuz some people had some really cool first concerts. Mine, I I I'm not really embarrassed by it. Because it was a great concert, it really was. But when I hear myself say it out loud, you know, it just sounds kind of funny. My very first concert was Cindy Lauper, the Girls Just Want to Have Fun tour. <laughs> when she first broke out, okay, I saw that concert. When she still had the pink hair, and it was really long. When she was freaky deaky, well, she's still freaky deaky. Now she does eczema commercials. But prior to doing eczema and psoriasis commercials, when she first came out with that first record, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, I saw that concert. Oh my God! And I, because I was in love with Cindy Lauper, I was just in love with her. And dude, I was like, God, I must have only been like thirteen. You want? And I saw her at Meriwether Post Pavilion, which was a venue uh, outside of DC that we always went to. And you know what's even more embarrassing? Look, my wife's in the kitchen; she's just shaking her head. She feels so bad for me. You know what's even worse, dudes? My mom drove me. My mom drove me to the venue and dropped me off. My mom drove me to the comp, my first concert, dropped me off, and then one, went and hung out with one of her church friends for a few hours until the concert was over. Now, that, that, think about that. Think about that. You would never do that now. Like, could you imagine dropping a 12- or 13-year-old off at a concert venue and just leaving him there? But my mommy drove me to my first concert, and my first concert was Cindy Lauper. What was your first co- I Because, you know, it's the last hour of the week, and I feel like screwing off. I'm sick of talking about war and death and inflation. What was your first concert, man? And you know what's cool? I made up for it later. I've seen some badass concerts. And I'm not just talking about, you know, getting on the bus with Willie and Kinky at the Majestic. I mean, I've seen some. I saw Paul McCartney in 89. Uh, probably the best concert I ever saw was Simon and Garfunkel with the Everly Brothers in Denver, and uh, I had, like, really cool radio guy seats. We were, like, third row center. We were, you know, looking up Paul Simon's nose. That was a great concert. But the first concert, Cindy Lauper. Uh, line one, here's Gary. Gary, oh, Gary, drop. Here's Ron on line three or two. Ron, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sean. Once again, hey. so good to hear from you. And you're Thank bringing back you. some good 
Yes, sir. You, you bet you. Back, man. Never the same without you. God bless you and the okay, wife and you. family. Oh, uh, well, in 75, the Kelowna Brothers, uh, Kelowna's Pizza, they took me to my first concert. It was a double shocker. I got two shockers that happened there. It was Elton John. I didn't even know how good he was. Oh, was, oh my gosh. It was wonderful. It was amazing. I was, I was starstruck. I'd never been to a concert before. He broke his finger. He was playing Saturday night. All right. He broke his finger towards the middle of the song. Everything stopped, and when you could hear a pin drop, um, one of the spokesmen came back. One of his uh, stage people came to the microphone and said, um, something just happened, San Antonio, and um, Elton's going to tell you all about it in about five minutes after we uh, we take care of him. So he comes back to the mic three, four, five minutes later, and he says, San Antonio, I broke my blanking finger for you. And he was, you could tell, he was lit up. I think he had a few drinks or something. And, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and he, it, it made, it made, he broke his finger. He was wrapped up and he went, he started the song right from the beginning, Saturday nights, all right. And uh, people were just, just it, it, the roar almost knocked the top of the building off of the. Uh, oh, I bet. So he finished the gig. He finished it. He finished it. Oh. And he broke his finger. It made the news. You can look. I believe it was about 1975, and my, wow. my second shock. Yes, and then the second shocker was all the people that were um, that had their had their doobies fired up. I couldn't believe it, <laughs> and I was like, "How could this?" And I was telling Frank and Mike David Colonna, "How could this happen?" I mean, there's police everywhere, and uh, they said, "Well, how many people do you see smoking uh, smoking uh, reefer?" I said, and then he said, "How many people? How many cops do you see?" And it was like it was like a a, a one thousand to one ratio of cops. To, and it was like right, but that but uh, you just looked that look. concert up. He broke his little finger in the. I'll look it up, man. But what a great I got to run. But what a great first concert, man. Elton John, and he broke his finger. Look, you know, I've been to a lot of concerts. Like in the old days, like, when I saw McCartney, uh, it's what it was the first year I was in radio. It was nineteen eighty nine, and it was my first set of Radio Guy concert tickets. Went to see Paul McCartney, and uh, I'm sitting there with the program director right next to me, and the midday girl, Carrie Vaughn was her name. She's since passed, but she was sitting on the other side of me. And these were the old days where the people in front of us were smoking a dube, and they just passed it back. Went through the program director, then me, then Carrie, then the rest of the staff, and went back down to the I mean, come on, man. People used to smoke reefer at the uh, at the concerts. They still do. Uh, it, it, I, you know, I mean, it's not, I don't do it anymore. It's not my thing no more. But, uh, you know, most of the concerts I went to prior to 1995, there was always a doobie floating around. Uh, where are we? Uh, David, you're on line three. What's going on with you? David. Hey, Don. Yeah, so, hey. yeah, so can you hear me? I got you, man. Okay, so, yeah, my first concert was, like, back in the in the late 80s. Billy Squire, classic. Oh, wow. And Saga, Saga was the warm-up band. And I'd never been to a concert. I was like 15 or 16 years old. Go in and, yeah, I smelled the reefer. And Saga was playing tonight. We're on the loose. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to get killed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Squire, that's badass. The reefer was flowing. Man, thanks for the call. I got I to gotta make it quick. We'll come back. Your first concert. It's Friday. Let's have some fun. Hi, this is Trey Ware, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Stumbled onto a fun little topic. Your first concert. Was it cool or embarrassing? Chris's first concert was U2. That's that's how we ended up talking about this because of the damn Pelosi poem. Chris's first concert was U2 in the Pop Mart tour. That's badass. My first concert was Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun, and my mom drove me. And did you have fun? I, I did. I was so in love with her. I wanted to have fun with her. I wanted to she-bop. I'm sorry. Um, Let's see. Who do, where, where do we leave off? Who's next? Do we talk to David? Frank's next. Frank, you're on Newstalk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Hey, uh, good morning. Listen, hey. uh, my first concert, I was about 12 years old. It was in Chattanooga. I was visiting my sister, and it was the Beach Boys. And oh. um, it was it, it was wonderful. It was at an outdoor stadium. 
um, you know, you sat on a blanket and, you know, for me as a kid, it was really cool because I, I was able to predict their three encore songs uh, correctly <laughs> in a row. Wow. And then uh, about five years later, me and my dad, you know, went on a cross-country trip and we had a Beach Boys cassette tape. And, you know, he was in World War II, but that was music he and I both liked. So, oh, that's cool. You know, for me as a 12-year-old kid, it was, it was a great first concert. Oh, I oh yeah, I would imagine. The Beach Boys are badass, yeah, man. That's great. Good on you. Excellent, yeah, Frank. So Thank you for the call. My, that's mine. That, that's a good I, one, man. That's a good one. Oh, no worries, man. Have a great weekend. Let's go to Dan. Dan the man on Newstalk 550. How you doing? Hey, good. How you doing, Sean? Another day in paradise, brother. So, first concert, this would have been uh, right here in San Antonio at the old uh, Municipal Auditorium. It was called the Rolling Thunder Review, and it would have been about in 1975. Oh. And, um, and so, you know. Is that the Dillon Tour? Smoke... Yeah. So, oh, you Johnny saw that? And, and Bob Dillon. And, ah. you know, I was 15, and I didn't know a lot about Dillon music, but <clears throat> right. it was an adventure, and... Uh, and yeah, that uh, smoke-filled room scenario was Whoa. real. By the time Dylan came on stage, it was like it, things were a little fuzzy, and I couldn't understand <laughs> what he said, you know. And uh, I bet, and that was that's later. when he had all the. Uh, he was also wearing the kabuki makeup, and uh, everybody oh, was wearing yeah, costumes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a, <laughs> a kiss. But uh, anyway, so I. I researched his songs after the after the concert right. was all said and done, and uh, it was like, yeah, I might have been high, but I still can't understand a word he's saying. You know? he <laughs> Nobody that, can. That way of, yeah, he was so uh, he just was at the majestic. Show. He was just at the majestic uh, last Sunday night, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I, I actually could have gone had I not had all this medical stuff going on. I if I had been free of the IV and could go out. Uh, a friend yeah. of mine had an extra ticket, but I, uh, I just, I can't with, with, with all this stuff, but I heard it was really good. I mean, he's, uh, I heard he was doing a lot of blues and a lot of stuff he doesn't normally do, but, uh, huh. the rolling thunder tour, that's a, that was history in the making because actually kinky, uh, had, had played on that tour, uh, for a little while, uh, cause Dylan had sort of a revolving cast of characters who followed him around on that Clapton would show up and. You never quite knew who was going to show up because uh, if, if he was in a certain town, you know, whoever was hanging out, you know, would be invited to come on and play. And so, uh, that, yeah, Scorsese just did a great documentary on uh, on the Rolling Thunder Tour a few years ago. So good on you, man. I appreciate the call. That That's a great first concert. And uh, uh, I actually I, I did a little reading on that because Kinky was, was involved. And I actually talked to Kinky about it. He said it was a lot of fun. It was just kind of crazy. And uh, apparently on that tour, uh, Dylan refused. He didn't want to do any because he was a big, he was pretty big at that point. And I'm trying to remember, he didn't do any pre-advertisement. Uh, like he, they didn't really do a lot of, the record company wanted him to do a lot of promotion for it and kind of push whatever record he had just put out and he refused to. And they would just kind of travel around and, and you know, they do big gigs. They do smaller places. Uh, and it was just apparently a lot of fun for the folks involved. And, and uh, that's a great first concert. Where are we? Uh, that was Dan. Let's go to Elvis. Elvis, how you doing? Great to have you back, buddy. My first uh, one was Nazareth, May of 1980 Nazareth. in Ludwigshafen, Germany. Wow. It was just a fantastic one. I was 16. We were outside the venue drinking wine, smoking hash. (laughs) And when we got into the front row, I got some great black and white pictures. And it was just a fantastic first concert. As a side note, one of the best, Cheech and Chong here at the Majestic. A couple (laughs) years back. Oh, wow. Uh, I bet that was cool. It was fantastic. No. I had my uh, big bamboo vinyl with me, complete with the uh, rolling paper inside. <laughs> and <laughs> we got to go backstage. We met Cheech and Chong, and they signed the album and the rolling paper. Oh, dude, you still have that? Absolutely. Framed in the man cave. 
Oh, dude, that is badass. That is great. Because I remember yeah, my brothers had a that. my brothers had a copy of that. I grew up listening to because uh, my brothers were older than me, though ten and eight years older than me, and uh, they had my brother Roger had a copy of uh, Big Bamboo, and I used to ask him, "What's this big slit in the middle of?" Because it was a double album, it would open up. I said, "What's this big slit?" He said, "There was a huge joint. It wasn't real, but they gave you this huge rolling paper with the album." And uh, I grew up. Uh, I I know every cut off of that record. But to see them live, that that's badass, dude. Wow. Yeah, and they, uh, they said it was one of the few they had seen that still had the rolling paper in it. It was watermarked, uh, Big Bamboo, just a, right. just a great wow. copy. They were a great, great uh, set of guys and uh, just an awesome show. And dude, Cheech that's badass. closed it out in the uh, pink tutu and the guitar. And the place <laughs> of course. Nuts. Thank you for the call, that man. Was, that is cool. That is very cool. I don't know why, but I just, he said best concert. I thought the worst concert I've ever seen, because I have. I've seen some badass concerts. B.B. King, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, I've seen a lot of people here, actually. Billy Joe Shaver, Sleep at the Wheel, Hayes Carl. I, I, you know, but uh, uh, The Who. I saw The Who after John Entwistle died, and I had a great radio guy seats for that one, too, just right down center stage. Who? 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 The worst concert, and this pisses people off when I say this, because there's a lot of, there's a big fan base for this group. But the worst concert I ever saw, I had a punk rock girlfriend in the late 80s or mid-80s. And she was a Depeche Mode fan. Like my wife just went, oh, yeah. And we went to see Depeche Mode. And I've never been so disappointed. It was four skinny guys with keyboards. I have since learned to appreciate their music. My wife is giving me a hard look right now. But they they were horrible in concert. Baby, there were three dudes with keyboards that just stood there and played their keyboards. It was boring as snot. And I didn't even know their music very well back then. I wasn't cool. My wife just said I'm not cool. It was hard. They were boring, man. They just stood there on their little computerized keyboards, dressed like freaking vampires. Oh, I'm on the radio. 210-599-5555. Let's take a break. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Let's talk about 50 KTSA. <laughs> FM 1071. The world's uh, on the uh, edge of World War III. Inflation is through the roof. President's an idiot. We got millions of people coming across the border messing up our lives. But we're talking about our first concerts. <laughs> Why not, man? And Chris and I are still making funny noises at each other during the commercial breaks. <laughs> My wife's yelling at the cat. Jar Jar. His name is Jarvis. Ah! Uh, <laughs> President Biden just had a con- had a, had a confab with uh, President Xi out of China, the People's Republic of China. China, where uh, the reportage the reportage is that uh, oh China say oh this Ukraine thing is a bad thing. Yeah, that's right. I just did a Chinese accent. What are you going to do about it? And, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, it's a bad thing, round eye. You know, and uh, meanwhile, though, Russia and China are nego- Russia needs some cash, and more than likely China's going to hand over some financial assistance. So I don't, I'm not really sure if I get the point of what this meeting was about, other than for Xi to lie his ass off to the president. Do you think Biden called him champ at any point, Chris? You think he called him champ? Yeah, gosh, champ, this uh, this uh, this uh, Russian thing—it's—it's uh, it's bad news, champ. Oh, I agree, bro. Very bad, very bad. As soon as Biden's out of the out of the room, then like Putin's on the phone to Xi. So what about that check? Oh, check in the mail. No worries. <laughs> you know, because they're all plotting against us. You know what I mean? You don't think China's going to be helping Russia? Of course they is, man. They partners, man. China and Russia, they two peas in the pod, man. I sent that chick, but uh, no return address. So. Well, thank you very much. I have a rally I have to get to. I have some scumbags I need to get rid of. Did you send those flags? 
Did you send the flags? Oh, yes, flags. We made flags for you. Right, all those flags that those poor schmucks are holding in that soccer auditorium or soccer stadium. They all say made in China. <laughs> right, but he's, but you know, Xi's like BS and Biden. About, oh, very bad. This Ukraine thing. Oh, yeah, very bad. I hope there's not a COVID breakout. <laughs> God. But, hey, back to uh, our first concert. Uh, 210, my wife's still pissed at me because I said the Depeche Mode concert was the worst concert I've ever seen. So you would have enjoyed the silence? The silence? What do you mean? The Depeche Mode. Is that a song from Depeche Mode? He just quote, my wife's laughing. Did you hear that? Oh, I'm on the radio. Uh, let's go to, who are you? Who's up next here? Who we got here? Henry. Henry. How you doing, Henry? Hey, buddy. What's going on? Yo, bro. Yeah, hey, I uh, want to tell you, Sean, you're a great host of your own show. Thank you. I enjoy it. I'll be some rock and roll. I'm, I'm a weird dude, man. I do a weird show. You're a real dude, then. Wow, thank you. <laughs> All the way around. Uh, hey, I appreciate uh, that. my first concert was uh, back in the early 70s Black Sabbath. <laughs> no, no crap. Wow. I remember about Ozzy was that he was painted, put that paint all over his face. He had paint on his face? Yeah. Was that like face paint? That and that it was so, that it was loud. I bet it was. <laughs> Black Sabbath, that's badass, man. Yeah. Right on. All right, thanks for the call, man. I think a part of Henry is still there at that Black Sabbath concert. Yep, he's on the crazy train. Let's see. Do, do we have Dean drop? Bob, is Bob there? Hi, uh, yes, I is. How you be? I'm sorry, man. I just said your name backwards. <laughs> oh, get it? Spell it the same way too. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, what's going on with you, man? The first one I believe I ever went to was the uh, Almond Brothers Band in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, in a place called the Warehouse. Oh, nice! And uh, actually, the second one I had with Little Rock, Arkansas, was John Denver, and that, that was great too. Now I could I, I wish I would have seen Denver in concert. I, I was a you know I mean John Denver you can't li- you can't live in Colorado and not get into John Denver. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, well, I mean John Denver actually did some great music, did some great tunes. Yeah, kind of got a bad was, rap for being kind of nerdy, and you know, and and then Charlie Pride, you know, set that nominate is is. Remember when at the uh, Grammys when uh, he won Best Artist of the Year or something like that, or Best Country Artist of the Year? Freaking Charlie Pride, like not Charlie Pride, um, Charlie Rich or whatever that guy uh, lit his uh, lit the 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 paper on fire. I can't remember the dude's name. I'm rambling. All right, man. Thanks for the call. You have to listen to John. You, once I got out of Colorado, I forgot all about John Denver. But when you live in Colorado, Colorado, sorry, and you got all those freaking mountains around you, Chris and Dennis, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, you got to sing something soaring, like, you fill up my senses. You know, you, you got to, John Denver works in Colorado. Colorado, Rocky Mountain High. You can't be in the mountains and like listen to Radiohead. You know what I mean? It just yeah. doesn't. It just doesn't play. Because I'm a creep. You know, it's just not the same thing. You got to play some John Denver in the mountains. But then I got down off the mountains and I got bored with John Denver. Because when you in South Texas, John Denver don't play well. You know what I mean? It sounds kind of wimpy and wussy next to like Ray Benson and. And uh, and uh, Waylon Jennings and all those dudes. It's ten forty-seven. I'm officially rambling. Two one zero five nine nine fifty-five fifty-five. My wife's nodding her head. Two one zero five nine nine fifty-five fifty-five. Mike's. We'll talk to Mike when we get back. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. Chris, do that noise one more time, please. <laughs> we are grown men. 210-599-5555. Uh, 
Okay, I get I get crap from AARP in the mail. I'm in my 50s, man. I do too. Do you? Yes. You do not. Yes, I do. How old what are I, you? 31. <laughs> you're 31. You're getting I, AARP crap in the mail. I was getting it when I bought my first house in my 20s. Oh, oh. Well, see, they figure you bought a house so like yeah. you advanced. Yeah. Because I didn't buy no house when I'm in my 20s. All I bought was, you know, like Mad Dog. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these? All I was buying in my 20s was malt liquor and his dentist buying a damn house. I'm like, passing along to my dad. I'm like, hey, you want these? <laughs> you're getting, well, I get, yeah. Dude, I'd have sent him a note back saying, hey, can you give me a couple decades, please? <laughs> Try get them young. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just saying that well, I'm a grown man in my 50s and, and Chris is in his 40s. I don't mind saying that because he is. And here we are during the commercial breaks. Yeah. And he's making that weird noise he makes. I hear it all through the wall. I'm like, and what you hear it through the, the walls. World is going on, and we've always been that way. We—that's just our, our that's that's our bond, our connection, making stupid noises. But we are grown men. You know, actually, a really funny show would be the crap that we talk about during the commercial breaks. Even me and Trey, because it gets pretty funky, man. No, actually, maybe that would be a bad idea to put that on the air. Um, also, it was, Char- yeah, Charlie Rich. I-, I was talking about the guy who set the, uh, it was actually Charlie Rich, uh, who was a big country music star back there in the 70s. Hey, did you happen to see the most beautiful girl in the world? And if you did, was she crying? Charlie Bright. No, uh, Charlie Rich. And uh, John Denver won Artist of the Year at the CMAs, and it was in 1975. And Charlie Rich famously, when he had the card saying it was Johnny John Denver, he lit it on fire with a lamp while he's standing there. So it was not Charlie Pride, it was Charlie Rich, but most of you probably already knew that. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? 210-599-5555. Oh, first conference oh we got mike let's get one more mike how you doing hey sean happy friday welcome back it's uh good oh, to hear thank your voice you back again you thank bet you so much. um we uh we got cable tv back in 1980 and hbo was uh doing that elton john performance in central park do you remember that yeah is that the one where he's dressed up like a in the baseball <laughs> costume <Donald> duck <laughs> oh you right right Four hundred thousand people. Four hundred thousand in Central Park for that concert in nineteen eighty. Oh. And uh, I was addicted to cable when I'm like, is this what cable is? And they put out concerts like this? This is great. Right. Uh, well you remember the first... er, I, what's that? Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just gonna say like the early yeah, we had uh, I don't know how my my old man managed, we got cable, we got HBO in the very early days and I was a kid, this was in the seventies. And they would only show, like, two movies a night. And then on the weekends, on, like, Friday and Saturday nights, they'd show movies all night long. But usually they'd just repeat. Like, they only had, like, three movies a month, and they'd repeat them. Or right. three shows, right. like a concert or something like that. Yep. And, yep. and so was I was, like, nine. Spotlight. That's right. And I was, like, nine years of age. <laughs> no, no wonder I'm so screwed up. I was nine years of age. And I always had a TV in my room, and I, my dad was able to split the cable. So I got HBO in my room. Well, maybe I was like 10 or 11. I'm watching The Exorcist and Taxi Driver over and over again. People wonder why I'm so screwed up. You know what I mean? No, no, no. So, no that uh, makes you right. <laughs> so what was the first um, concert you saw, though? First real concert is when uh, Rush was uh, coming to town. And oh, uh, wow. this was uh, when they were doing their Signals tour in 82. And my friend's mom had to drive us because we were only in like eighth grade. I'm and, not the uh, only one. Thank you, Jesus. Not the only one. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one whose mom drove him to his first concert. Moms are good like that. That's great. And when the when the show right <laughs> <laughs> when the show started and right before the lights went down, we were in the worst seats because that's all we could afford. We were up in the the triple deck, and we're wow. looking down at the stage, and then the lights go down. But when the lights went up at the end of the show. There was so much smoke, you couldn't even see. It was like, where are we? Is that dry wow. ice? Wow, that's funny. And it was smoke. It wasn't dry ice. It was not dry ice. <laughs> Rock and roll, man. Bet you felt good, didn't you? 
Yeah. <laughs> Secondhand action going on there, did you? Excellent. Oh, I got to yeah. run, man. <laughs> Thanks for the call, brother. You know, it's funny because my first concert, yeah, was Cindy Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun Tour. And that actually, that first, oh, look, that record was a great record. That was not a bad song on that record. You know, back in her she-bopping days. And I'm sitting here talking about it, and her psoriasis commercial just came on TV. I was in love with her. Now that chick is in her 60s. I've been clear for six months. I used to not go on tour because of the psoriasis and the eczema, you know. Now she's doing psoriasis commercials. Now it's she pop. Now it's she pop. <laughs> Tonight on a celebrity edition of Dr. Pimple Popper. I need you to take care of this. I've got to sing tonight at the convention center. I've been clear for three months. That is, without a, without a doubt, the worst Cindy Lauper imitation I've ever done in my life. So, yeah, my mommy drove me. That's, you know, there you go. Uh, it is the weekend. we got about a minute left, and then we're going to get on out of here. Again, I can't say it enough. Thank you for all the thank yous for being back and or not thank yous, that we're glad you're back and all that stuff, man. It's been a long haul, and I'm glad to be back. This is the first full week I've done on the air in three months. Again, I got one more procedure to do. Going to get debagified here in about a week and a half. Trey's actually taking Monday and Tuesday off, so I'll see you guys in the 550 KTSA Morning News on Monday. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine and Dennis Foley and my good brother Trey. Where spread the love, don't be a jerk. We'll see you Monday on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Bye. Bye.